Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen. Uh, I've, I've missed you all. It's It's been a little bit, uh, but obviously not too much news going on. I hope you are all staying uh, safe and healthy and home as much as possible. I know that out in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, uh, they've been doing a phenomenal job when it comes to social distancing and flattening the curve and limiting the number of cases and deaths. And uh, so some restrictions have been lifted a little bit. Uh, not the same case for uh, my region out here in the in the Philly area. Still in lockdown, uh, still very dangerous out there. But I hope that uh, regardless, wherever you're listening from, you're staying safe, you're staying home as much as possible. Uh, even with restrictions lifted, we know that social distancing, flattening the curve, you know, that that's what we have to do. So, uh, you know, go out, get, get what you need to get done, get your groceries, uh, you know, get, get the essential stuff, and then try to stay home as much as possible. Limit social gatherings, stuff like that. Um, it's, it's really important. Uh, like I said, Pittsburgh especially has been doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I'm really proud about that. And, uh, you know, if we keep it up, it's, you know, it'll pay dividends in the future. So, again, um, hope everyone is staying safe, healthy, and home as much as possible. Uh, In this episode, I want to talk largely about recruiting. Now, a little bit later in the episode, I do want to touch on uh, the coronavirus and what I think is going to happen this fall. Because sooner, you know, it's going to be pretty soon that we're going to start getting to the point where pit sports should start coming up and we don't know for sure if that's going to happen. So I do want to touch on that. um, And like I said, pit basketball, but first I do want to touch on pit football recruiting because Pat Narduzzi has been doing a phenomenal job on the recruiting end. Now, normally this program has made it a staple that June is recruiting month. They go into June normally with just a couple of recruits, like two or three recruits. And then they come out of June with almost like a full class. It's it's kind of nuts how it's become a pattern that they get all their recruits in June. This year, it has been a little bit different. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what is the reason behind it. But what I do know is that in the span of about two weeks, Pat Narduzzi got 10 commitments. And, uh, th- you know, they're all good commitments. I believe there's one or two two stars in there, but everyone else is a three star. Um, this program is not going to get many four stars. They got one to to start the recruiting um, with uh, Naki Johnson, who's a local product. Outside of that, it's going to be mostly three star recruits, which is fine if that's you know pretty much your whole class. That's fine because you get a ton of talent out of three stars. All pit stars, uh, for the most part, in in recent years have been three star recruits. I think Tyler Boyd was four, but Aaron Donald I think was three. He could have even been two, but I, I think he was a three star. James Connor a three star. Most of these guys are three stars. They can be great, and uh, so if you're compiling a ton of them, that's good news. I'm not saying you have to go out and get four stars. They're great if you can, uh, but I you can do a lot of damage with three stars. And Pat Narduzzi has he's put. Together Together, an impressive class already, and uh, Jim Hem, my former co-host, uh, is now over at Panther Layer. I saw on Twitter mentioned that it seems like basically where they are right now with the class is that they've got they're about halfway done, and this is before June, which is pretty amazing. They now have twelve commitments for the class, and you know, based on what they'll probably take around 24, they're halfway done. And and that's really special. Also, if you look at the uh, class rankings right now, now again, it's early and a lot of the rankings do go on volume on, on quantity, not quality necessarily. So the fact that Pitt has so many, that's going to factor in, 
But right now, Pitt's ranked 21st on Rivals and 22nd on uh, 247. That is pretty amazing, again, considering it's just one four-star. They're hoping to land some more. But that's a really good spot where you want Pitt to be right on that that edge of top 25 when it comes to recruiting because Pitt hasn't come anywhere close to top 25 in recruiting in years now, and yet they've still been able to get somewhat close to top 25 on the field. So if you're not talking about if they can get top 25 in recruiting and they've got that talent, imagine what they can do with that talent because Pitt in in recent years, especially under Pat Narduzzi, they've been playing above their pay grade, above their talent level, even with Paul Chris, because that recruiting was even worse. There were a lot of two stars who are playing a little bit better. So Pitt always seems to play a little bit better than the recruiting would indicate. And so if the recruiting gets a little bit better, you imagine the play will get better. And based on where they've been the last few years, that could be pretty amazing for Pitt football if they can play better, uh, if they can play at that same level with the recruiting where the the on-field play is significantly better than the recruiting. If you knock the recruiting up and the on-field play goes up with it, then that means Pitt can win the ACC Coastal and uh, again. And, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe take a run at Clemson. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, it, it's been pretty amazing what Pat Narduzzi and company, they've been able to do in a couple weeks. There was a flurry uh, it, starting on April 22nd. Uh, they got Trevion Stevenson, then a day later they got Terrence uh, Rankle and uh, Jaden Bradley. A couple days later they got Miles Austin, uh, a wide receiver. Uh, Bradley is also a wide receiver, by the way. Uh, a couple days after that they got a quarterback out of Texas, uh, Nate Yarnell. We'll see how he is. Obviously, a high-profile position. He's got the size. He's six foot six. Uh, then on that same day they got an offensive lineman out of Florida. Uh, then there was a little bit of a gap, and then just yesterday, three recruits for Pat Narduzzi, uh, two of them from Detroit. So it's it's interesting seeing this Detroit pipeline maybe get going a little bit. Obviously, Pat Narduzzi has ties to Michigan. He was at Michigan State for quite a period of time. Heather Like has ties to Michigan. She was the, uh, the athletic director at Eastern Michigan. So it's interesting to see two recruits coming out of Detroit uh, both offensive linemen, both big guys, uh, Terrence Enos and Brandon Honorable, great last name. And uh, then they, they got a third recruit yesterday, Preston Levant, a linebacker out of Georgia. So it's interesting to see, first of all, that when you look at where these guys are coming from, it is a lot more spread out. It's not just focused on Western PA and maybe a little bit of Ohio or Eastern PA. It's from all over. Quarterback, like I said, Yarnell's from Austin, Texas. They've got guys from Virginia and from Florida. They're dipping into Michigan. You see, uh, you know, Maryland. Preston Levant yesterday is, is from Georgia. So they really are going all over the place into ACC territory and even out of ACC territory. So it's pretty exciting to see that they can get recruits from just about anywhere and, uh, you know, the guys that they think are right, they're, they're landing them. And so, like I said, it, it's been an impressive haul so far. They're about halfway done. And again, this is before June. I expect that it's going to ramp up even more in June. There are some guys on the board, including four stars, who they're still going after. So we'll see what comes with that. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it's certainly, it seems like they've done a good job. They focused on some key positions. Offensive line, they've got uh, three of them in the recruiting class. And then on top of all of that, uh, they got a grad transfer just a few days ago. Uh, Keldrick Wilson, a, a grad transfer offensive lineman uh, from uh, Hampton 
in Virginia, who was uh, not highly rated out of high school and didn't even do all that much in uh, in college the first couple of years. And then he just exploded last year and did a great job. And he had a bunch of offers. I know he had an offer from West Virginia. And so obviously Pitt is always going to take pride in beating out West Virginia for a recruit. And they got another offensive lineman. So now you've got a grand, grad transfer who has got the experience. So that's certainly going to be helpful at the right tackle position most likely and then you've got some young guys here trying to build up that position because the offensive line unit is the one unit that has really not been great under Pat Narduzzi if we're going to be honest Paul Christ to his credit really built that up now he neglected the defense he neglected some other positions but he built up the offensive line position and the resources had been depleted under Pat Narduzzi a little bit that was the one position that he did not have much success with. He had a ton he's had a ton of success with the defense. He's had great success with some skill position guys on offense, not really in the offensive line. And we saw last year Kenny Pickett, really the last two years, just did not have much time before having to make a decision, didn't have much time in the pocket. And when they would run the ball, it, there wasn't a ton there. Last year, certainly. Two years ago, it was better. Last year, uh, the run offense was lacking a bit, and part of that, obviously, is the blocking. So to see them focus on the offensive line is good. They realize that it's a concern, and they've certainly done that in this recruiting class. So still a lot to go when it comes to uh, pit football recruiting, but things seem to be – they're certainly going much quicker than usual, and they seem to be going in the right direction. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. We, we'll see what happens – but so far, it's so good, basically, for, for Pat Narduzzi and the pit football staff, especially under quarantine. It, I'm sure it's extremely difficult because everything that you've learned about recruiting, you can't do now. You can't go into people's houses and have a, a close conversation with them. You can't do it. Obviously, you can do a lot. You They've got Zoom. They, they can show, you know, playbook and, and, and film and show where they're going to fit in. And they, they can do a ton. But I'm sure that it's not the same as being able to have that in-person connection because so much of recruiting is just a feel. And as we've heard time and time again, most players are recruiting, are committing to coaches, not so much programs. Um, we've seen that where they say, why do you recruit? Well, this coach recruited me. This coach is great. I feel a connection to this coach. When the coach leaves, they often leave. It's generally the coach that they're committing to. That's what brings them in. And a lot of that comes down to feel. You have a coach in your home if you're the family of a high school player, and you just sort of get the feel. Is this person the real deal? Is this person uh, going to you know, see my kids succeed? Is this person committed to me as much as I'll commit to them? And that's got to be tough to make a decision if you're these high school kids. And uh, you know, so, so credit to them for doing what they feel is best. Um, credit to all high school kids, by the way, because, again, this ex extends past just football. But it'd be tough. All these kids who are going to college next year, they had to commit without an admitted student's day. Sometimes they didn't even go to the college. Maybe they applied without touring it and they were going to plan on visiting in March or April and they haven't been able to. Uh, that's really tough. I was not sure I was going to go to Pitt until my admitted student's day in, I believe it was March. It might have been like first week of April. But when I was coming out of high school, I had visited Pitt once before, the summer before my senior year. It took that second trip, that admitted student's day, to decide if I wanted to go there. And I did. Having to do that without without being able to go has, has got to be a little bit tough. So obviously hearts out to seniors who are graduating. Hearts out to Pitt seniors who just graduated. Things are 
messed up right now, uh, to, to be quite honest. But, uh, you know, that, that's my little ramble for this. Uh, we'll take a really quick break here, uh, a word from our sponsor, and then come right back uh, and talk about pit basketball. Okay, we are back on Unscripted. I want to talk about pit basketball and their recruiting. Uh, there hasn't been a ton on, obviously, basketball recruiting with the size of a roster. There's not going to be nearly as much, but they got a huge commitment uh, just about two weeks ago from William Jeffress, a, uh, a forward from Erie, Pennsylvania, and he's a four-star recruit. So now you're talking about uh, five commitments Three of them look really good. You've got William Jeffress, who's a four-star. You've got John Hughley, who's a four-star big man uh, from Ohio. Right now, he's six foot eight. You think maybe he'll grow another inch, maybe two, and he can play at the five. And then you've got Noah Collier, who's a three-star, but he seems to be the guy who next year is going to come in and maybe have the highest impact. Uh, he plays at Westtown School, uh, known for some great players coming out of there. They had uh, uh, Cam Reddish a couple years ago uh, who went to Duke and is now in the NBA. They had Mo Bamba who's now in the NBA. Uh, Noah Collier is going to be ready when it comes down to it. And, uh, he, you know, he's got the size. He's a good wing player. I think he'll really contribute at a high level. And so you've got what seems to be an excellent class. Again, five players. Three of them seem to be really exciting. And, you know, there's, they're still going to look for, for some people to try to fill it out, and we're still not positive how everything's going to shape up when it comes to the uh, final tally. But Jeff Capel has done a really good job in, obviously, again, a tough time. You talk about with football recruits, same goes with basketball recruits having to decide now. But this is really his first full class, and the first one you're really going to to completely judge him on because before that you were trying to just sort of piece it together and he did get some talent we saw especially Justin Champagny was really good last year and uh, and he got him from the, the class of 2019 but again that was still sort of a patch job this is the first full year and again it, Jeff Capel seems to be doing an excellent job getting two four-star recruits Noah Collier could very well be a four-star recruit if you're asking me and uh, the pit basketball team ranking, I think, when all is said and done, is going to be really good. These guys are exceptionally talented. They'll be able to go in and contribute right away because, as we saw from pit basketball this past season, while there's some success, it's not a deep roster. You've got the two now older guys with X and Trey, and or excuse me, just X. I, <laughs> it slipped my mind for a second. Trey's gone. So you've really got Xavier Johnson. You'll see what he does. Then you've got some young guys like Champagny, and you'll see what they do. But really, the door is wide open for freshmen to come in and contribute. It's not like it was under Jamie Dixon, where you'd almost never see a freshman contribute at a high level. Next year, we can absolutely see that. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. But Jeff Capel is certainly putting the talent in place uh, to succeed, and then we'll see what happens moving forward. The one thing I'd like to see is a, is another point guard, another ball handler, uh, to see what they can do there, and, and obviously maybe some out, outside shooting with that, because Pitt has been lacking that a little bit. But again, still plenty of time. I'm going to you know wait to see what happens, but Jeff, Jeff Capel off to a very good start. Uh, before we go, I do want to talk about coronavirus and Pitt football season, because just a couple of days ago, the NFL released their schedule, and everyone got really hyped about it, and and they normally do. It's something I don't tend to get hyped about. I'm interested in knowing who 
the teams are going to play. And so you can sort of see the matchups there and maybe guess your favorite team, what you think the record's going to be when they play them. It's just not something I get excited about it, but a lot of people do. That That's just a big deal for a lot of people. And, you know, the same sort of goes football schedule for college. People get excited. People start planning things. I totally understand it. And obviously that schedule is out. But this year is different because we really don't know if it's going to happen. We really don't know if there's going to be college football. And I think almost definitely there won't be crowds. I j- there's just nothing in me that can imagine that it will be safe to have crowds at football games. Packing 60,000 people into a stadium, even if you cut, you know, a normal pit game obviously doesn't get close to that. But even if you're just talking like 30,000 people, 35,000 people, there's just no way uh, that this, that I can imagine this country will be at that place where you can do that. Even the countries that have handled it better than anyone cannot do that. South Korea, they're playing baseball and we're all watching it because what else, you know, do we have to do? Germany, the Bundesliga, they're about to go back and play soccer and we're all going to be tuned into that. But even those countries that have handled it exceptionally well just cannot have fans there. There's just no way to enact social distancing, to to not have a spike in cases without that. I was watching a great piece on uh, Real Sports with Brian Gumbel on HBO about this Champions League game in Italy, the the club is Atalanta, and they had this huge Champions League game, the biggest uh, game in their modern history. They had thousands and thousands and thousands of people packed into a stadium, screaming at the top of their lungs, chanting close to each other the whole nine yards. And at the time, it was this joyous occasion. And what they have now realized is that that was ground zero for the spread of coronavirus in Italy and then to some extent around Europe. So that that match happening could cause that much damage. There is just no way that I see fans in stands this fall, Uh, which stinks because that is one of the best things about college football. And to me, it is much, it's, it's one of the main parts of why I prefer college football to the NFL. I think there, it's much better. The fans, the experience, it's so much better in college football than it is the NFL. The fans are generally more pleasant. There's a there's a bit more character to them, and I don't mean that in like a classist way. I mean that being a fan of a college team, I think, says more about you than being a fan of a pro team, because it often means that you are uh, that you went to that institution, that you have some connection to that institution, that that institution shaped you in some sort of way. NFL just maybe means that you grew up in that town. Um, so I I think there's a certain connection that fans have to their college teams that a lot of them don't have to the NFL teams. Fans tend to just be more just having a better time with things. They they just don't get drunk and angry like a lot of NFL fans do at games. Uh, the tailgating experience obviously is a staple of college football. The bands, the cheerleaders, the the whole thing. It is such an integral part of college football, and I think we should start really reckoning with the the possibility that that won't be able to happen. There's also the possibility that the that college football won't be able to happen at all. Uh, maybe it would happen for some teams and not others, and they're floating ideas now all the time uh, that maybe some conferences can play and not others that maybe some teams in a conference can play and not others james franklin had this comment uh, a week ago 
saying that, well, you know, maybe some teams in the Big Ten can play and some can't. Now I'm sure he's probably saying that because being in the middle of Pennsylvania, there aren't too many cases, and maybe his rivals in Columbus in a major city have a lot of cases, and so maybe they wouldn't be able to play. Ohio State and Penn State would. Maybe Michigan, being just outside of Detroit, wouldn't be able to play, and Penn State would. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what uh, he's going for, but you know it's clear that there's some reasoning behind that. And that could very well be the case. I mean, we could see maybe SEC is going to play because there are aren't as many cases down there. Now the cases in more rural places are growing, so we really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but maybe it's the case that uh, the more rural states uh, want to just take their chances and, and go for it, and more cautious states uh, won't want to. And it also depends on places. Again, Allegheny County has been doing a phenomenal job. Pittsburgh's been great. But obviously it's a tough thing, and there are some ACC schools in more rural areas that may not have as many cases. Um, you know, Boston College is not going to be this, and, and Georgia Tech in Atlanta, not going to be the same as, uh, you know, Blacksburg, Virginia, or something like that. So obviously a lot going into the decisions. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to have to sort of change conferences for a year so you're only playing teams nearby because obviously travel is going to be an issue. I don't know if some, you know, in some conference, some teams in some conferences won't be able to play. I don't know if it'll be everyone plays or no one plays. I have no idea. But I, I just, I think we all have to reckon with the possibility that it's not guaranteed that college football is going to happen this fall and that there is. I would say a likely chance that there won't be fans in the stands, that you listening to this won't be able to go to a game. And again, that stinks, and I get it. I get that that's really deflating, and I get not wanting to think about that. But it just seems like, like I said, I just cannot imagine that they'll be able to house thousands and thousands and thousands of fans in a stadium, screaming together, being next to each other. I, there's just no way that I can imagine the fans will be there. Uh, and again, it's going to be tough about college football. The, the other thing that the NFL has a bit of an advantage over college football is that college football, these people are students. So you can't really say, okay, campuses are going to be closed. And by the way, we've already heard of news from schools saying they're not going to have campuses open in the fall. So, And they're just going to do everything online like they are doing now. But you can't really say that campus isn't safe, so we're not going to have... I mean, I guess you can, but it's sort of a tough argument to say, campus isn't safe, we don't want students here, but we want the football players here. That's sort of tricky. Now, logically, it makes sense, just the fewer people there you have, the better. So obviously, you'd rather have 80 guys there, you know, 80 people on campus, than having 20,000. So that, it does make a lot of sense, but there are going to be a lot of students out there saying, hey, if, if you can let these 80 people on campus, why can't I come on campus? Why do they get to go have a college experience and I don't? Uh, so it's tricky. There are no easy answers, uh, but obviously that's something that's a roadblock that college football has, which is these people are also just students. And you, you can't necessarily put them through the same grind that you can NFL players. And, and there's... You know, there are just a lot of factors that go into it. So I think we all have to uh, 
start thinking about that. I don't know what's going to happen. None of us know what's going to happen. But I think it's very unlikely that we see fans in the stands, that we hear the band and things like that, which stinks. And I'd say it's it's certainly possible that we don't have college football or at least don't have pit football this fall. Again, would absolutely stink. I really hope things get better before then. Uh, but we just don't know. We don't know at this point. And things are changing constantly. So, you know, I'm not saying anything definitive or conclusive. I'm just putting it out there because it's been on my mind. And I'm wondering if it's on your mind, uh, too. So feel free to reach out to me uh, the comment section on Cardiac Hill. Tweet me at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E-C-O-H-E-N. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and last thing before we wrap up, Panther of the Week. It's got to be you guys, the listeners, for staying home especially the ones in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, because obviously that is a huge metropolitan area. You've got a ton of people out there, a huge population, and yet cases have been down. Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, it's been a great job of limiting the scope of this coronavirus. I live in Montgomery County, uh, which is the third uh, most populous county in the state, smaller than Allegheny County, and yet we've had far more cases than Allegheny. Now, obviously, we're right next to Philly, but still, Allegheny County, phenomenal job, flattening the curve, keep it keep it low, keep staying home as much as you can, and uh, hopefully everyone, no matter where you are, you're doing what you can to, to stay distanced, to flatten the curve, and with all luck, this, this thing will uh, die out, and uh, hopefully we can have college football coming up this fall. So that is our show for uh, this month. Uh, I'll be back in a few weeks, uh, probably in June when, when recruiting starts uh, to heat up again. Uh, but again, thank you so much for, for joining. Um, I, I just want to thank you again for doing all you can to flatten the curve and stay safe and, and protect yourself and protect others. Um, like I said, feel free to, to tweet me and uh, we can talk there. But until next time, probably about a month from now, uh, I'm Corey Cohen signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.